Hello listeners, this is Travis E. Taylor bringing you the next chapter of my novel, Good Clean Fun. The story of Mercury and her group of nine teenage misfits she uses to help build her empire. She will mold the world to her will in search of wealth and power. Puppeteering her team, she'll use violence to dominate the drug game in her small city. I'll be releasing this story as an ebook and a podcast, week by week, chapter by chapter. You can keep up with each release by following me on Facebook or Instagram with the handle Travis E. Taylor Author. And also make sure to subscribe on whatever you're listening on. We're going to meet uh, Venus today. She is the police chief's daughter and an honor roll student with a budding drug problem. Um, we're going to have, for the first time, multiple voice actors today. Um, we're going to have not only... Brittany Taylor uh, returning to reprise her role as Mercury, uh, but we're also going to have Amber Contreras here uh, to voice our new character, Venus. So I'm really excited you ladies are here. Um, thank you so much for coming in. Uh, is there anything, Brittany, you'd like to, to warn your sister about or any advice you'd like to give? Just read solid and be your character. Do I need to do any vocal warm-ups like... Pepper. <laughs> 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 Normally works for me. Always Sounds good. good. You good. know, theater kids here, so don't hold <laughs> us to too high of a standard. Yeah. Um, it's in your blood. Uh, we're also going to have um, Officer Cade, who is going to be voicing our uh, our Officer John Locke. So uh, we're lucky to have a, a real-life uh, copper here to voice our police officer. Uh, so without further ado, uh, let's begin by taking a deep breath. Okay, Good Clean Fun by Travis E. Taylor. Chapter 5, Venus, April. Venus meticulously collected a lamp, some books, and a dish that held her jewelry from a desk that rested just a half foot under her narrow first floor window. These items were then transferred to the ground next to her nightstand, set down with great care. Her door was already locked, something she did religiously to ensure it would be considered commonplace for situations such as this. She unlatched and slid open the window, letting in the crisp air which nearly smelled of summer. She lifted the screen slightly to set it free, then angled it outside, feeding it inch by inch through her hands until it rested soundlessly on the ground. She pushed it to the side behind a half-dead rose bush so it wouldn't hinder her exit. The last step was slipping her Altoids tin into the left cup of her bra. She patted it twice for reassurance and then climbed up on the desk and sat on the sill, rotating around to shimmy on her belly, pale freckled legs first out the window. Her high-top blue jean shorts caught on the brick siding of the house and tore a bit. She cursed silently. Gracefully, she fell to the wood chips below. The two evergreen shrubs scratched at her thighs as she pushed between them. At another time, these shrubs would have been pristinely manicured into immaculate spheres. But that was very low on the list of responsibilities that remained unclaimed after her mother's death. It had been less than two years since an aneurysm had dropped her mother to the kitchen floor in her beige blazer, where she waited nearly eight hours for Venus to find her after school. Venus had stepped over the spilled coffee and shattered mug to nudge her over and over in an attempt to get her to stop playing such a silly game. 
without their matriarch, Venus, and her father were left to fend for themselves. Venus brushed the twigs from her t-shirt and gave her tin another two taps for reassurance. She wiped the sweat that accumulated beneath her naturally sun-kissed red hair with her forearm, careful not to use the back of her hand where 930 Mercury was written in Sharpie. Hunched over, she followed the tree line as far from her father's window as possible. Her footsteps made hardly a noise as she arrived at the roadside drainage ditch. She scaled the incline and stood tall atop the pavement, breathing in freedom. Her Eltoid tin held the usual cash, chapstick, headphones, Zippo, but that day it held her dad's old MP3 player as well. He had given it to her as a kid, more or less as a toy, but having recently had her phone confiscated, she got picked up vandalizing a classmate's fence and burning down the adjacent shed. She rehabilitated the device and refreshed the playlist. The officer that picked her up was one of her father's younger staff, and in true rookie form, promised to keep her secret. Undoubtedly, he was thrilled to play out the role of savior to a beautiful underage girl. It was in her best interest to fan the flames of his ego, so fan she did. She plugged her headphones in, pressed play, and tucked the player into her waistband. The bright eyes carried her through the night, stars shone above, Trees waved from the sides of the street. The evening breeze pushed past her bare legs, chilling her in a rejuvenating way. Her shoulder-length rose-gold hair, cut into a bob, tickled her neck as it swayed. Every inch of her milky-white skin was delicately dusted with freckles. She passed house after house, basketball nets, bikes left in the driveways, front porch lights, sprinkler systems kicking on. Each house was an exact replica of the one before and the one that followed, only differing in color or orientation. Four bedrooms, two and a half baths, two stories with a finished basement just like her own. Venus's family could never have afforded this neighborhood had it not been for her mother's unyielding belief in life insurance policies. Logical, given she had made her living selling it. Venus and her father, Ron, had tried to stay in her childhood home after the death, but the nightmares had gotten progressively worse. He decided, or rather a conversation with a school counselor had encouraged him, to find a new home. This neighborhood was the obvious choice, though still a bit out of their price range, because of the overall sense of normalcy, aka whiteness. The little preppy kids played sports, had birthday parties, and most importantly, Ron rarely found himself in the area on a call. Another perk was the proximity to Ron's mother, Venus's Grammy. After the loss of his wife, he loved the idea of being closer to his mom. Regardless of age, men run to their mothers for safety. The center of the community held a good-sized park. There was a playground and picnic table sprinkled throughout. Under a large oak, there was a rusted but usable barbecue. A flimsy volleyball net was left up most of the year. This was Venus's destination, but the night was beautiful, the weather perfect, the thrill of sneaking out lighting a fire in her belly, and she was a little early, so she weaved in and out of the streets that spiderwebbed from the park. She breathed deep the fresh air, letting the serenity fill her lungs, giving her peace. She looked at the time on her player, two hours fast, but the minute count was accurate. It was 9.20, time to meet Mercury. Her father had instilled the importance of punctuality as a sign of respect and maturity. 
Venus chuckled at the nature of the meetings she often applied these lessons to. She walked past the post fence that stood on both sides of the entrance, encircling the park. Sitting at a picnic table, Mercury scribbled in a green striped notebook barely bigger than her palm. Venus respected her classmates' strength, self-assuredness, and intelligence. Though they both attended the same advanced placement courses, she viewed Mercury as out of her league. She was perpetually stoic in class, not intently listening, but the gears turning on bigger ideas, disregarding the teacher's recycled ones. Beautiful night, eh? Venus said a little loudly in an attempt to spook Mercury, to test her constitution. It really is. Look how clearly you can see Jupiter shining bright in Virgo. Mercury made no motion to point out the constellation she was referring to, as if it was all common knowledge. She calmly turned to Venus, the corners of her lips raised in what could barely be classified as a smile. She looked at her phone. I appreciate you being on time. Her left eye was a bit green and purple. The injury was severe, but it was healing. Venus averted her eyes, and Mercury made no move to explain the damage. I appreciate you providing me with illegal drugs. Venus meant for the comment to be humorous, but she feared it came off as desperate. She trudged on quickly. You said 40, right? She dug into her bra to grab the canister. I had a couple good shifts this week. I have 60 if you... Mercury shut her notebook and motioned for Venus to sit down in front of her. She slipped the book into her black faux leather purse, draped with a couple silver chains and a strap of the same material. Venus sat down staring at Mercury's profile, her ponytail bobbing as she searched her bag. She imagined what it would be like to grab Mercury by the back of her neck and press into her lips, to taste her tongue, to taste her power. She was sure her mouth would hold all the flavors of a winter breeze. Mercury placed a large pill divider on the warped wooden table. The corner of the plastic container was cracked and chipped, a new development since their last exchange. Labels, Monday to Sunday, lined both sides, all 14 compartments. It's 10 to 40, but I can give you 18 for 60. Mercury started counting narrow white pills into her hand from the Tuesday compartment. In the future, contact me beforehand to make sure I have what you need. Venus nodded sheepishly, knowing this to be a subtle scolding. Venus excavated her money, rubbed it between her fingers, and left the tin sitting on the table. Mercury took one pill from her hand placed it on the corner of the weather-worn wood of the picnic table and crushed it under her thumb, then blew the powder and crushed capsule off the surface. Venus didn't understand the process, but knew Mercury would volunteer the information if she wanted it discussed. She swallowed her curiosity. Next, Mercury opened the Saturday compartment, retrieving a singular capsule, half red, half blue. Venus tapped rhythmically at her tin on the table. I just got my hands on these and thought of you. As you can tell... Mercury motioned toward the day of the week. This is a weekend drug. Methylene dioxy. Methamphetamine. She slurred the TH sound slightly and looked embarrassed. Molly, you know, act accordingly. Venus chuckled apprehensively, not sure it was a joke. <laughs> Thanks. She handed Mercury the money. Sixty... Mercury transferred the handful of narcotics into the tin. Venus shut the lid and returned it to her bra, giving it one final press, embracing the satisfying pop. 
You know Ryan Piper has that party this weekend. You thinking about going? Mercury got severely stern. You better watch your company. Your head is northern in the fall. It was a statement, not a question, and Venus wondered how she knew. After a pause, Mercury continued. Are you on the pill? Again, Venus chuckled, uncertain this question was asked in jest. Regardless, she answered honestly. <laughs> you know it. Not letting any of these mouth breathers trap me in this shit town. Mercury nodded approvingly. Still equally grave, she said, I'm glad to hear it. You have real potential. You have the mind and resources to do something big. Don't fall into the same trap our parents fell into. As with any reference to her mother, this comment pierced her, a needle through the heart. So your dad's a police officer, right? Mercury said this in an attempt to be breezy and conversational, but it fell about three miles short. Venus shifted in her chair. Yeah, he's the Donville police chief. But don't worry, I know how to keep quiet. I would never. So you know a lot of other cops? Mercury interrupted. Yeah, some guys stop over for dinner or poker sometimes. We are always running into them at Kroger or the BP. They treat me like their fucking mascot. <laughs> it's not great, but it's gotten me clear a couple of times. This made Mercury flash an authentic smile pulling her thin lips back to show a small gap in her front teeth. An image of her walking out of a steaming shower penetrated Venus's imagination, her wet, luxurious hair draped heavily over each shoulder. That's really interesting. I can't help but think it could only be advantageous to get in good with the men who protect and serve, especially if you're going to be buying illicit drugs. Confident Mercury had made an actual joke, Venus laughed a little too hard. <laughs> I'll be sure to do that. Mercury stood up abruptly. See you in class tomorrow. Good luck with that essay. I would avoid any topics focused on the feminine representation in the novel. Mr. Sutter would hate that. Of Mice and Men is his baby. And if he had it his way, our class would be boys only. They both rolled their eyes in unison. Venus watched as Mercury's braid swished pendulously over her lower back, all the way to her well-cared-for 1994 Honda Civic. Being alone made her acutely aware of the tension she held in her body. She averted her attention back to her breathing. Drawing in a long, deep breath of cool night air doused the fire of anxiety that blazed within, and with the exhale came the smoke of her stress. She gently reminded herself to drop her shoulders and ran through her checklist of consciousness. First her toes, she wiggled them within her brown leather sandals and allowed them to drop into stillness. Then her feet filled with lead. Her legs followed suit, the weight of gravity like a blanket. Her core sunk slowly into the bench. Her shoulders fell even lower. Her chin drifted toward her chest. She allowed herself no feelings beyond gratitude and hope. All else, worry, insecurity, shame, were but clouds drifting by. They held no consequence. She bathed in the peace and felt self-love, nothing but self-love. This control, or rather loss of control, had come with practice, and she commended herself for her ability to wield it. It did wonders in her all-too-common battles with anxiety and anger. She shook the sleepiness from her lower body and stood, 
heading back toward a long night spent bent over her laptop, work she now looked forward to. The wet blades of grass licked at her feet. Her eyes closed. She floated across the lawn's cushion, then traded the silent impact with the ground for the crunching of the gravel. She opened her eyes to see a county sheriff's sedan creeping through the neighborhood, his window down, his shiny forehead a beacon of false hope. She thought about hiding, but his eyes were already locked onto her. The brown sedan pulled up a little too close for comfort. Lacey, is that you? His voice beamed unabashedly eager. Officer John Locke, no relation to the 17th century philosopher, looked vulgarly gleeful, the younger brother you reluctantly let tag along. As he approached, he unconsciously dragged his pointer finger the length of his budding mustache. Does the boss man even know you're out this late? His sneer gleamed. Even as a policeman, he so rarely found himself holding the upper hand. Of course he does. Who do you think sent me? He can't be caught out here buying his own heroin, you know? Officer Locke projected his laugh theatrically, throwing his head back against his seat. His arm propped on the windowsill, he leaned out. Hop in, I'll give you a lift to Casa del Bossman. The satisfaction he found in the moment caused bile to creep up Venus's throat. Her mind worked a mile a minute. How could she wiggle out of this trap without stepping on the snake that was his fragile male ego? No way. You need to be out there catching the bad guys. I wouldn't waste your time. She felt satisfied with the response, but underestimated his perseverance. Yeah, you're right. Well, your dad will get a kick out of this tomorrow anyways. First, he spray paint and slut all over the Ramirez fence. Now this. He made no move to leave, knowing he held all the cards. Oh, come on, Johnny. You don't have to do me like that. She leaned in, touching his arm. Her other hand tapped nervously at the tin under her shirt. I would be truly honored to be whisked away by Mr. P, charming himself, but I just don't know what my dad would think of that. She trailed off after her counterattack. It was risky, but she was not going down without a fight. Yeah, you're probably right. I'm sure your dad and me will laugh about this in the morning. Serendipity, I guess you'd call it, seeing you out this late. Well, Lacey, you keep on the straight and narrow. His voice ice cold, he pulled away slowly. He faced forward, but his eye darted back toward Venus, giving himself away. Okay, okay. I graciously accept your chivalrous offer. The shit-eating grin blossomed anew on his post-pubescent face. She walked around the back of the car, giving herself the opportunity to cuss him out under her breath. <sighs> Cheesy little jailbait hunting fucker. Ugh. I would love that opportunity to trap a high school girl in the name of the law. He leaned over, pushing open the door, a begging dog looking up at her. She sat down, trying to embrace the guidance Mercury had just given her in regards to the value of a good relationship with the police. She reapplied her smile, the one gentlemen loved to see and were often kind enough to remind her to wear. Welcome, my lady. Venus pictured Officer Locke sitting in his mother's basement, donning his headset, committing to his bard character, loving the illusion of his words having power. Thank you, my liege. She shut the door. The sound of the latch connecting loudly was bone-chilling. A reminder her future was no longer in her own hands. She resisted the impulse to apply her seatbelt. 
It's good to see you, little Lacey. The car lurched forward slowly, the gravel crunching under his tires. I remember when you were just a wee tyke. She resisted the urge to remind him they had only met two years ago, the entirety of which he had studied her body like it would be on the test. The night fell cold. Air poured through the open window, cooling her perspirating brow. She shivered. Driving down the barely lit street, darker than it had been when she walked it alone an hour prior, he consistently glanced over at her with all the regularity of the desktop bird dipping his beak into its water bucket. Her smile had lost all its authenticity, but she hoped she still wore it disarmingly. The drive was no more than a couple of blocks, but the discomfort stretched the time to its limits. She could see her mailbox just past the upcoming four-way. For a moment, he flipped on his turn signal, and for the first time, Venus's heart started a rapid flutter. She aggressively tapped at her tin and cleared her throat loudly. <clears throat> well, guess I have to tell my dad why I was out tonight. I really do tell him everything. The turn signal quickly turned off again, and the patrol vehicle continued toward the house. She studied the locking mechanism and got ready to free herself. Thanks for the ride, Officer Locke. No wonder you're one of my dad's favorites. He had lost all his playfulness, eyeing her untrustingly. You would think a pretty thing like you. Your dad would keep a better eye on you. Venus covertly reached for the latch to unlock the door with her right hand, leaning toward the driver's seat. Her left hand traced the seam of his pants along his inner thigh. A risky move, but even a bear will gnaw off his own leg to get out of a trap. Luckily enough, we have fine civil servants like yourself to protect the innocent. She worried she had pushed too far with her satire, but his face softened. She jumped on his moment of docility and unlatched the car door, not waiting for him to come to a complete stop. Already out of the car, she blurted out, Thanks for the ride! Then shut the door and walked quickly up the stairs of her front porch. She pretended to fiddle with the doorknob until no longer illuminated by his headlights. Hurriedly, she headed toward her window and crawled back in, less agile than before, her hands still shaking from the encounter. She collapsed into her lavender-down comforter, her chest heaving. She pulled out her Altoids tin, fished out a pill, and dry-swallowed it, waiting for her breathing to regulate. For fear of falling asleep, she lifted herself out of bed, replaced all the items from the ground to her desk, and lifted the hood on her laptop. She opened the document titled, Of Mice and Men, and Absence of Women and Cats. She highlighted the page and a half she had already written, and pressed delete. It was sure to be a very long night. Well, I hope you enjoyed this chapter of Good Clean Fun. Again, I'll be releasing this story chapter by chapter, week by week. If you're eager to see what happens next, uh, the next chapter is already available on Amazon Kindle and Letterpress. Uh, links to both can be found on my website, travisetaylor.com. And don't forget to follow me on Instagram at travisetaylorauthor on Facebook and Instagram. And if you like the story, um, do me a favor and tell a friend about it. I would like to thank Officer... Cade for voicing our Officer Locke. Um, I have to say it was pretty fun for me just knowing that Officer Cade is literally one of the nicest human beings I've ever met and I, uh, I convinced him to come on our, uh, on our podcast and be a 
just an awful, awful human being. So that was a lot of fun. Um, I would also like to thank uh, Brittany for reprising her role as Mercury and Amber for um, coming on for the first time and voicing Venus. I think she did a really great job. Uh, Lastly, I'd like to thank Danny Contreras for laying down the killer riff you heard at the top of the podcast. And thank you for making the time to join me. Make sure to tune in next week when we meet Jupiter, who is about to graduate high school and about to make a series of very, very poor choices. Okay, ladies, uh, that was it. Thank you so much for your time. I, um, I would like to mention to our audience that um, Venus, today voiced again by Amber Contreras, as we can hear in the background, is a new mother to a, a human child. Ooh. Very um, human. Very yeah, human. Very human. <laughs> Uh, all the emotions and everything. I appreciate you making the time, Amber. Thank you very much. And uh, cheers. Cheers. To a great episode. Woohoo! Fuck yeah, Venus. <laughs>